Welcome back to the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I'm Aaron Brightman, and this episode we're going to discuss Rutgers hoops a couple days out from the Big Ten opener against Illinois, and no one better to speak to than my old friend and former On the Banks colleague, Dave White, longtime season ticket holder. Dave, thanks so much for being back. Thank you. I, I, I still think you and me going back to that MSG game against Minnesota with Brian Fonseca. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We were sitting behind the basket. There was, like, not many people there at all. I remember they were losing that game by, like, I think it was double digits. Ten, I think, at least, yeah. And then they came rolling back, so. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a long journey uh, in terms of that and uh, just in terms of seeing this program uh, get to the level they're at. What are your initial thoughts of this, uh, this current team right now so far through six games? You know, I, I think it's it's funny that they're, they're – they started the season against Princeton, which we now know seems to be a really good team. And Rutgers really wasn't clicking in that game at all, but they were still in it. It was tied pretty late, if I remember correctly. And, um, you know, Princeton used their experience to just kind of take over down the stretch. But since then, Rutgers seems to be getting more and more in sync. They're diving for balls. They're getting open shots. And it seems like they're trusting each other more, which is probably that gelling everybody's talked about, you know, that we're really starting to see. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think that, you know, it, it's funny. We waited so long for Michael to play Princeton uh, and, and to do it in the opening day, uh, opening game of the season uh, against such an experience. It was kind of crazy if you think about it now. Um, and I, 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 it is kind of crazy that Rutgers was able to hang as long as they did because it really, they really did play poorly on both ends. I mean, yeah. defensively, they were nowhere where they're, they're at now. Um, I guess in terms of who's impressed you the most so far, uh, I think Noah and has really impressed me the last couple games. Um, he's really starting to come along. You can see him start to understand the offense and the defense more. I love that trap that they're running when the, the um, opponent opposing player comes over the, the midcourt line and they're so fast enough to recover. Uh, Derek Simpson's played really good the last three games. Um, so their guard play is starting to come along. Andre Hyatt's been solid. He's been um, consistent. Um, so those are the three that really stick out is Noah, Derek, and and Andre for sure. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, they haven't shot very well at all uh, statistically. Uh, but I think that offensively, you know, they're just getting better and better in terms of the flow. And I think you're seeing that influence of having guys that can create off the dribble. Um, you know, even like – just I think like the veteran uh, experience of Noah in terms of how he's, you know, using ball fakes uh, on the perimeter in terms of how he's passing and setting people up uh, that he's utilizing the way he's getting the ball in the cliff. They're finally, I think, starting to use cliff in space more and not just, you know, boxing him down on the block and just, you know, taking away his athleticism, letting opponents do that. So I think as a staff, too, they're kind of trying to figure out how to best utilize everyone. And you're seeing really positive signs. And I think it's only a matter of time before they start shooting better. Yeah. I mean, I think you really just gave us the cliff notes, pun intended version of that Noah video you did. If, if the people listening haven't seen it yet, it's like two minutes, two and a half minutes long. It's fantastic about how Noah is Thanks. finding cliff in open space and, and, and how the ball is really moving and not sticking with him, how he's taking smart shots and stuff. Uh, so I think that's really, really, uh, impressive for a kid that's just kind of coming in off injury and transferring into a new team. 
Uh, Gavin Griffiths, obviously a little bit of slow start uh, offensively, but I, I'm encouraged too by just how, how much better he's gotten defensively already. You know, he's still going to have some issues, I think, physically in the Big Ten this year. But, um, you know, just him like starting to recognize rotations and um, it seems like he's starting to figure things out a little bit. I thought against um, St. Peter's, you know, even just offensively, the way he was hustling and doing kind of some more little things. Uh, do you, how much do you think his role is going to grow as the year goes on? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's a real confidence game with him. Like, you could tell in that BU game where he scored 25 that once he realized they couldn't guard him, he just took over. And he's still he's getting his open threes, uh, and he's making them. You know, he's probably going two for four, two for five a game, I think. Um, so he's going to punish somebody, but it, it's going to depend on who he's uh, – um, Sorry, I just got a secret Santa notice and text message all of and it made me laugh. Um, uh, 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 you know, he's gonna he's gonna punish somebody at some point, and I'm very interested to see who they have him defending uh, on Saturday uh, and whether he could recover because Coleman Hawkins is, could be a real big tough matchup for him, and I don't think they'll put him match him up against him. But I don't know Illinois well enough. I haven't seen them much this year to, to figure that out. But I think he's gonna punish somebody. But yeah. He, he's exciting. He's he, There's so much potential there. Yeah, for sure. And the Illinois matchup is fascinating. I mean, they're, they're really big, uh, super athletic, as we know. Um, you know, and the, Rutgers and, and Illinois both have top 12 defenses right now, 11th and 12th in Kempom. But it's interesting because Illinois doesn't turn teams over. So they're, ju they're just forcing bad shots. But I think that that's something that Rutgers can, can overcome. And also in transition, Illinois is not good in defending transition. How much, I guess, are you surprised how much Rutgers actually is running uh, in transition versus, you know, we, we know they talked about it all offseason. But me personally, I said, I've said I was a skeptic as to whether Pico would actually, you know, let them run as much as they are. Um, I think against the, the opponents they've been playing, I'm, I'm not that surprised. I think it's going to come down to are they what are they going to do? on Saturday, on next Wednesday against Wake Forest, against Seton Hall, these, these you know, bigger, tougher, you know, more athletic teams. You say Illinois is bad, bad against transition, and that, that should help, and Rutgers should try to push the pace, but you know Peichel doesn't want to win. He keeps saying they're in an 80-point team, but he doesn't want to win 80-75. to 75. He'll take 80 <laughs> if they win 80-55, to 55, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll be very surprised if it's a 70-65 game on Saturday as opposed to 62-57. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. It's going to be really interesting to see these next three games. Obviously, we'll learn a lot about this team. Uh, and I think, you know, just the depth in terms of how he uses rotations, will he tighten things up a little bit? Uh, I, I personally think Austin Williams is a big, uh, you know, uh, get to get back healthy. I think he's good. I could see him guarding Shannon a lot uh, in this game, uh, just because in terms of his size matches up a little bit better. And um, I did want to ask you though, because you mentioned Austin Williams. I'm really surprised at how fast he is for how strong and big he is. Yeah. Um, I think he could be a real matchup problem for other teams. What do you think? Yeah, totally. He's he's a lot more mobile. Uh, you know, like he's 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 better with his feet than I thought he was going to be. Uh, and he uh, defensively, I think. He's going to be really key for them in the Big Ten because he really is their biggest guard by by a lot. And uh, so, you know, when you play a team like Illinois, I mean, Shannon, you know, he's 6'6", but he is a guard. 
uh, you know, and I think they could put Hyatt on him. But I, I think Austin Williams is definitely a guy they can play with. And, uh, yeah, just his ability. I mean, he turns it over a lot, but I think that you saw even flashes against St. Peter's where, like, he, he took the ball at the, you know, top of the arc and, you know, he broke his defender down one-on-one -on -one and got to the rim pretty easily. Like, he, he can attack the basket, too, and he, he can get to the foul line. So they've done an amazing job at getting to the foul line this year. I do yeah. think people are overreacting a little bit on, on free throw shooting. But, yeah, I think Williams I, – I think he's going to be a key part of the rotation. Um, you know, I think Jermichael Davis has a chance, but I could see uh, Williams getting more of those minutes uh, as we get into Big Ten play and, and Davis maybe playing a little bit less. Uh, so I think – I've heard Pykel say that it's, it's more that they're not a bad free throw shooting team as opposed to getting the right guys to the line. You know, you feel more confident with Derek and Noah at the line than – you know, Cliff has gotten better, but Cliff and and Wolf are not the guys you want at the line. So um, I think some of the free throw shooting woes are are from that. And if they're winning, you know, you're more likely to have Noah and Derek at the line. So and uh, Andre Hyatt. So yeah, you know. that's a great point because they haven't really been in any close games where that's been a factor yet. Uh, I guess Bryant was really the only one, and that's when Simpson, I believe, he went eight for eight in that game. Uh, you just had Noah go nine for nine. So, yeah, both of those guys, I mean, those are your two primary ball handlers. They're both shooting over 80%. So I think that – and I also laugh, too, when fans get so upset about free throw shooting because I wanted to pose this to you. So, I mean, I think I know what you're going to say. But, I mean, would you rather want a team that shoots 80% from the line but shoots 25% from three? Or would you rather a team that shoots sixty-five percent from the line, but shoots forty, you know, thirty-five percent from three? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see a good three-point shooting team. I, I I don't mind shooting well from the line either, but I just want to have fun. <laughs> right, but it's also efficiency, right? I mean, the three-pointers are more valuable. So you know, yes, I get the whole idea of like their free shots and all that. There's no defense, but I think people get really wound up. I mean, I shot 72% against St. Peter's. And people were saying, you know, it's a huge problem. It's like, I, I, I you know, they're not going to be perfect. There's certain things we're going to have to live with, I think. As long as, like you mentioned, those those key guys, we know our top three free throw shooters are good. Yeah. And, you know, and when Mag does come back, you know, he was he was 70%. So they're, they're going to be better. I think, yeah, Cliff and Wolf are going to get their foul shots and the struggle. I think J. Mike, you know, that's part of, Maybe why I see him playing a little bit less in Big Ten play because he struggled from there as well. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on this team uh, holding things down now and then the potential impact of what Mag could have once he gets back? Well, I think what's interesting is uh, I want to see how they – I'm going to assume Mag doesn't play on – I have no idea, but I'm going to assume Mag does not play against Illinois. At this point – Maybe they just wait till after these next three big games. Um, Maybe. Who knows? But I think this team can hold it down. I think there's enough, enough quality depth where um, they can hold it down and, and play pretty well and be in games. What interests me is the matchups. Uh, I know we've talked a lot about this Illinois matchup, but I saw, you know, Seton Hall does not have a lot of bigs, but Holloway is a good defensive coach, and they are not going to let Cliff – have their way so the guards are really going to have to step up early to open it up for cliff you know and wake forest watching them last night against florida they can score you know so yeah. 
they aren't easy games. I think there's enough that Pikel can plan for and do. It's just they're gonna they're gonna have to score, and hopefully the the optimism we're starting to see kind of pays off the next three games and going forward. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, uh, you know, Seton Hall is a good example of why, you know, using Cliff more and just getting him, you know, more active in the half court, setting screens, rolling off screens uh, in transition, you know, the way they're starting to find him a little bit more. Uh, I think the more the Rutgers can run in general, which leads me to my next question about the press, you know, it's been really effective so far. Obviously, they played a lot of inferior teams. How much do you think they're going to stick with the press, uh, you know, now that the schedule ramps up and how key do you think that is to, to you know, generating more offense? I think they're going to press. Um, unless their guards are in foul trouble or Cliff is in foul trouble, I, I really think they're going to press. I think it, it speeds everybody up and it takes time off the shot clock for um, those half-court offenses in the, in the Big Ten. You know, you'd rather them setting up with 22 seconds left as opposed to 26. So, yes. Pike going to take it off here and there you can't press all game but uh i think they're going to press more often than not and when they don't press i still think they're going to meet that lead guard at half court with that double team until they start getting beat by it yeah well and no i said what do you think oh well i think that um it's interesting because you know statistically obviously they haven't played anybody great yet but uh, they're just as dominant defensively, but I, I do think they're doing it differently. You know, they're, they're more uh, consistent with the press and using it, but also, you know, their guards are, it's much more ball pressure versus jumping passing lanes, anticipating like they did more with, with Cam and Paul and Caleb. You know, uh, you have all three guards, you know, Simpson, Fernandes and Davis, you know, they get, they get in people's faces, you know, and they really, they, the ball pressure that they, uh, are defending with it's really created havoc it'll be really interesting to see if they keep that same approach against big 10 competition and if they're as effective because they are on the smaller side not that that necessarily means that you know they can't be really good in terms of uh being disruptive but uh the physical nature of the big 10 it's gonna be interesting to see how they hold up in terms of that kind of defensive uh mentality yeah i mean first of all i just want to stop you real quick because i do want to say something People listening to this, especially if you're on YouTube or Apple, review, like, and subscribe to Aaron's podcast. Because, and I'm going to press you to do that. Like and subscribe and review five stars because, like Pykel runs a five star defense and brought in five star talent, Aaron Brightman deserves five star reviews. But I mean, I think the small guards, and if they get worn down, I think Rutgers has done a really good job of wearing down these lesser opponents. Yeah. Uh, you know, because these games, everybody complains, oh, these games are close early I, I, and everything. You know, you, you don't need to come at, jump out to a 10-0 lead every game. But I think if that this press is going to really wear a lot of um, uh, Big Ten teams down, too, because you don't see a lot of, of full-court pressure in the Big Ten. Yes, and first of all, thank you for that. Secondly, uh, that's why I'm excited, because they are, you know, if they actually stick to this, which I, I think they're built for this, right? Yeah. Uh, they're going to be playing a different style than most Big Ten teams. So it's going to be fascinating. Every matchup is going to be a contrast in styles. And, um, you know, I think when Mag does come back, the, the press could be even different and 
you know, I want to say more effective, but, you know, if they put him in the front of the press or, you know, could the guards be more aggressive because now you have Cliff and Mag defending the rim. I mean, there's just a lot of versatility they can do in terms of bringing him back. Uh, where I, I, I really do feel like they're scratching the surface on figuring out what they can do on both ends of the floor. And we're seeing them win in a more dominant way game after game now. So I, I think that that's a positive sign as well. Yeah, I think usually what we've seen with experienced good Pikel teams is they struggle real early. Then they usually hit their stride around now through, you know, the beginning of Big Ten play. And then they struggle again, and then you hope they finish strong. I really think, though, with this team and the way they're coming together, you might see them actually playing their best basketball all the way through February, uh, as opposed to, like, that roller coaster. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I was going to bring this up because I was looking at their schedule, I mean, they could play relatively well and they could start uh, feasibly. I mean, they could start one and four in the Big Ten play because right. they have uh, Illinois at home. Uh, then they're at Ohio State, at Iowa, Indiana at home and at Michigan State. I mean, that's a tough five to right. start. And I, I could see it almost being an opposite of last year where they get off to a slow start record wise in the Big Ten. And then they're able to really pick up steam and finish strong. Um, but I don't know. I think that's what's so key about these next three games. Like, if you could pick off Illinois at home, then if you just reasonably split on the road next week, you win two out of those three, you're in, you're in a pretty good position. If you lose Illinois, it puts so much more pressure on both those road games. You know, if you go 0 for 3, that's certainly going to be uh, – I mean, it's you know, it's still early, but it's, it's going to be a concern for sure. Yeah, I think um... – of the high majors before the new year, those four high majors were playing against Seton Hall, uh, uh, Mississippi State, uh, Illinois, and Wake. You want to at least go two and two. Um, there's only one game at JMA, two games at The Rock, uh, and then at Wake, which doesn't seem to be an easy place to play. So two, you, you come out of there two and two and then win the games you should. You're feeling pretty good. Yeah, totally agree. Um in terms of uh, overall, just how you look at the Big Ten, where do you think Rutgers kind of hangs right now? I think they're middle of the pack right now. Um, their defense is really good. They're really still figuring out on offense. We haven't seen them against, you know, other than Princeton, since they've kind of started, Rutgers has kind of started to click again. We haven't seen them against somebody good. Um, we're going to know more, you know, if you talk to me next Sunday, the 10th, we're going to know a lot more than we do right now. I have no idea what I'm going to see uh, on on uh, Saturday. I'm, I'm very excited because I have no idea. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and, you know, you have guys in this team that have never played in a game like that before. It is Illinois' first road game of the season, so that's something as well. They're 1-4 and four at the rack in their last five. So uh, I actually was going <laughs> to you remember that anonymous quote that came out like last year, the year before it was with the athletic about an opposing coach talking about the rack and what a dump it was and how miserable they are there. You know, I think we talked at the time. It, I definitely feel like that, that very well could be Brad Underwood who said that. So it's going to be really funny. Uh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of Rutgers fans did not forget that. Right. I'm sure they didn't. Rutgers fans always get on Underwood too. You can, I sit kind of behind the visiting bench and you can kind of see it uh they do love getting on underwood and uh they really got under georgetown uh, gosh georgetown skin um getting yeah. on Uli and the assistant coaches um the rack is going to be fired up for a four o'clock game on a saturday no college football 
really, uh, the rack is going to be fired up on Saturday. I cannot wait. So, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be amazing. Uh, just any final thoughts from you, just in terms of uh, maybe things that have surprised you so far, things you're looking forward to, or, or something you think this team uh, hasn't shown us yet that you're you're looking for? They're due for a big time three point shooting game. It's going to happen. I think they're too good of a shooting team. It's it's going to happen. Um, totally I, I th- agree. I think that's coming, and I think it's coming sooner than we think. Um, other things, I mean, I don't know. I, I said this on Twitter, Aaron, but, you know, ever since you made your you made your announcement the day of the St. Peter's game, and I'm sitting in the stands, and for those of you who don't know, Aaron and I text, call, DM. We talk all the time. And I'm sitting in the stands, and all of a sudden I hear people behind me talking about Aaron Brightman and his lifestyle change to move away from the Scarlet Faithful. So <laughs> people know who Aaron is, he, and that that surprised me, but I, I shouldn't have been surprised. So I just I think it's going to be a really fun se- I say this every year ever since Rutgers has gotten good, but I just think it's going to be a fun season. It's going to be the nice uh, appetizer to the hopefully 24-25 season. Well, it sounds like I brought you on to just plug me the whole time, but uh, we, we did not discuss that. But uh, uh, but hey, author, uh, I I've written six books, and I just know that I have to plug myself, so I'm gonna plug Aaron until my next book is out. <laughs> <laughs> Any books you want to plug? Uh, you can check out the Jackson Dunn series on on Kindle, so they're out there. <laughs> Awesome. And uh, yeah, so I, you know what, that made me think of one last thing. What has been the overall vibe at the rack this year? Is it, you know, been less, I guess, less tense in a way, obviously it's early, but just in terms of the style of play and maybe lesser expectations going into this year based on a kind of a new unknown group. Yeah. I think the rack is funny. Whereas in the early games, people are just more excited. I think the tension doesn't really set in. I like to say the rack gets ornery. Like tomorrow, if they get off to uh, Saturday, if they get off to a bad start, like then you'll feel the grumbling, uh, and and so and I love an ornery rack because it usually wakes the team up, but the vibe right now has just been kind of like exciting. You know, the Ace Bailey, everybody's talking about Ace Bailey. They're talking about the potential of Dylan Harper and this whole class that's coming in, and everybody's just kind of enjoying it right now. Um, so that's how I feel. I. I I don't know. I you can sense the tension, but you haven't. They haven't been down against a bad team long enough where people really got nervous. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even Georgetown, like they went up on Georgetown, and you knew it was over. So, what if they're down or the refs start making some really questionable calls? Uh, then you'll start to feel it. Yeah, that's why we can't have any padded seats. We can't have any, you know, food too too. Too nice of an environment. I just think that orneriness, as you put it so well, will not be the same. And uh, I think we're in agreement on that. Yeah. I mean, if everybody's uh, uncomfortable and then the game goes wrong, people get really mad. If you're sitting in a padded seat and you're very comfortable and the game's going wrong, at least you got your $15 uh, hot dog and whatever else, sushi and stuff, and it's not going to bother you as much. Pat Hobbs, I love you. I think you're a genius, but but... Just more bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Dave White, always a pleasure. Definitely have you back at this season at some point and uh, appreciate everything and uh, all your support as well. And uh, hopefully we get a big, big win on Saturday and uh, a lot more uh, optimism to come with it. 
I hope so too. Like and subscribe. Hit the thing. It's like over <laughs> here somewhere. Like it. I watch too much YouTube and TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. All right. Bye.